Welcome back to another episode of Bed Letter. I am your host, Christian Eshelman, and this is the podcast where we chat a bit about our psycho-human brains, a little about our loony human behavior, and a lot about how it all fits together. So today we are on episode 31. It is a beautiful, beautiful Friday morning. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you so much for those who've been out there tagging along as we've been going. I really appreciate it. Uh, means a lot to me. If there's somebody that you know who might enjoy bed letter and the you know the kind of content that we typically talk about psychologically themed stuff, um, please share the episode. Uh, I really appreciate the shares. So, um, and if you are interested in more of my work or are interested in joining the community Discord that we have, you can head to cashleman.com. It's just c a s h l i m a n dot com. Over there, I post my different different things to my blog, um, different writing, poetry. There's links to every Bedletter episode. I post those all on my blog. Um, and then for more info on editing and tutoring and mentoring services that I offer, you can also head over there. And then tied in with all of that, I also have a Patreon page that offers uh, special access in Discord. It also has uh, gives you access to a monthly newsletter, a monthly email newsletter, and several other things. So uh, be sure to go check that out, and you can follow me on social media at C. Ashleman as well. So today's topic is something that um, is is kind of on my mind all the time, I guess. And I don't know if it's like a like an OCD thing or or, or what, but uh, it's it's something that's on my mind a lot, and it's an organizational thing. It's uh, basically what I call barriers to entry, right? And, and removing those barriers to entry. And so first off, I kind of wanted to start off by talking about, well, what are barriers to entry? What am I talking about? What, what's the context of barriers to entry um, that I'm talking about here? I'm not talking about investing or anything like that. Um, when I say barriers to entry, what I mean is uh, actions, behaviors, thought processes, anything like that, anything that you have to physically or psychologically in your mind complete before being able to uh, begin participating in whatever activity or hobby it is that you desire to participate in, right? And I'm not talking about, um, you know, a barrier to entry. I'm not talking about like a skill level needed to participate in something, right? Or like a skill curve or an ability curve um, when participating in something. I'm not talking about like, uh, about how maybe someone wouldn't want to, a barrier to entry into entering, you know, rock climbing or something might be that it, it, it takes a long time to be able to master that and to build the muscles and strength to be able to do that, right? I'm not talking about what the, t- you know, a barrier to entry being something on a macro level like, uh, the time it takes to master something. I'm not talking about it on that level. I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about smaller things. I'm talking about it on a very smaller level, right? So when I talk about removing barriers to entry, um, I'm kind of on a micro level talking about the things that get in the way of you being able to form a habit, right? And so an example of this is um, I play the I play the banjo and I um, after I bought my banjo, I, I picked it up last year that was when I started playing and when I when I bought it I um, I would keep it in a case you know I wanted to keep it nice I wanted to keep it clean and everything I keep it in a case and I'd put it in the corner and and 
keep it out of the way and, and all that. And, you know, kind of what ended up happening is, yes, I was playing it, but there was this, like, very small barrier to entry where I'd have to, like, take the banjo, set it down on the couch or whatever on the table, unzip the bag, pull it out. The bag, you know, the bag's been pushing on the string, so I'd usually have to tune it. or And it was also a newer banjo at that point, so I was having to tune it more often anyway. Um, and, and just, you know, like go through a whole, a whole process, right? A whole process of being able to just sit down and play. And then after I was done, it was again, the whole process of putting it back in the bag, making sure it's all, you know, nicely, uh, clean and all that stuff. Right. And what I realized is that the act of doing that every single time had, was becoming a barrier to to entry for me. It was becoming something that I would physically have to do. And it's not a big thing, but it was something that I would have to physically do in order to participate in the activity. The activity being playing the banjo. The thing I have to do is actually, you know, getting it out from behind where I'd store it and and taking it out of the case, tuning it, doing all of these things, right? That would take time. And um, in some cases, it would make it so, you know, that barrier would actually make it so I wouldn't participate in the activity, right? If I only had a few minutes, if I only had 10 minutes, um, I would be like, man, I don't want to break it out. It's a whole thing. I don't want to have to tune it all up and do all that right now, right? Like, it, it would just become an excuse. It would just become an excuse. And so what I realized is that it was a barrier to entry and what needed to change is that I needed to, um, just, you know, a small augment of the behavior is to instead buy a stand for the banjo, leave it tuned, leave the tuner on the banjo, buy the banjo, um, put, put the banjo on the stand in the corner so I can literally just pick it up and immediately play it, right? There's no excuses. There's no excuses for playing it for three minutes, five minutes, just real quick, right? And so I kind of removed that barrier to entry. And those are the, that's the type of thing that I'm talking about when I talk about removing barriers to entry. It's, it's the small and tiny little things that you have to do every time. And if how necessary are those things and can those things be changed so that you can participate in whatever it is you're wanting to participate in a lot easier, right? So the next kind of question that pops into my mind um, is what types of behaviors or activities can become easily blocked by barriers of entry, right? This is a good thing to become aware of because if it's something that you're participating in or something that you want to participate in, it's important to know that there might be or easily, there easily might be some barriers that might pop up, um, even if you don't want them to. And they might even be psychological barriers, right? So uh, what types of barrier, what types of behaviors or activities can become blocked? Um, anything that you want, I'd say that anything that you want to form a, ha a habit out of, but can't make the habit stick fully, right? So those types of behaviors, the first one that popped into my head, this is obviously a kind of a given, an easy one, is um, going to the gym, right? That's a huge one. Really easy for that one to be blocked by um, barriers to entry. And those types of barriers to entry can look like, for the gym at least, can look like if you have a, if you were wanting to go to the gym and the gym is not, you know, you don't have a home gym, you have to actually physically drive to the gym, then you might, that, that could be a barrier to entry for you. It might be on days when it's, when it's a little harder to actually get up and go to the gym, it might be, oh, I don't feel like driving. It's not, it's not, I know that was always a big one for me. 
for at least it was, which sounds so simple and so silly, but for me, having a home gym actually makes me more likely to participate in the activity of working out, right? Um, and it's just removing that one barrier. And for some people, actually having to go to the gym is, is it's flipped, right? That actually is a motivator for them, and they liked being in that environment because once they're there, they're locked in, and they're they're do, they're there for one purpose. Um, and so it's kind of like being aware of which type of person you are and which, which, what are your barriers? Is that a barrier? Or is that a motivator for you? Um, another one, like I said, huge one for me was learning or practicing an instrument, making it easy to just pick up and go. Um, another one that popped in my head is reading, uh, picking up the right, you know, it's always a thought when I've, I've, it's, it's these, and these are more psychological barriers, I should say. Um, for, for reading at least, because obviously the physical act of just picking up a book and reading is not, it's not hard. There's not a whole lot of barriers there. You know, the psychological barriers play into the idea of reading in some cases for me. And these aren't, this isn't in a major way. Again, these are all usually on a minor Mac, uh, a minor, you know, micro level, but sometimes uh, a barrier for reading can be, uh, being intimidated by like making sure I pick the right book because, you know, nothing's worse than picking a book that you're not really getting into and, you know, or, or, or on the inverse, if you do pick a, a book that you're super into, it can be in, in some cases almost draining to allow yourself to, to give yourself to that book. Right. And, and that's, like I said, a psychological barrier to entry, but it's, it's almost like being, allowing yourself to, to sacrifice that time for that thing. Right. Is that, is it worth it or is it not? And for reading a book, I found in some cases, in a very minor way, that can be a, a factor or a barrier to entry. One thing, another, another thing that popped in my head is if you're trying to, die, you know, trying to eat better, uh, that is always, there's lots of barriers to entry into eating better. It's always, you know, you have to go to the store more, you have to cook more, you have to do a whole bunch of, there's a lot of physical actions and activities that have to happen for in order for you to actually just get the good food that you're wanting to get into your body. And so, there's all kinds of, of easy excuses, but, but, um, to, to make and not even necessarily just easy, but, but, you know, and sometimes some, in some cases valid. Um, but obviously it's, it's a good thing to be able to, to sacrifice that time and be able to eat better. So, and then another one that popped into head, my head is, uh, going to bed on time, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot, I mean, it's, it's common to, lots of people want to go to bed on time. I mean, it's always a, it's always a big, uh, one of the biggest things that people say is what, what's, what's one thing that can help improve your mental health or help fight illness or help whatever is, is getting enough sleep, right? And so, there's, there's a lot of times, you know, there's a desire to want to go to bed on time, but there's so many things, there can be so many things to do before going to bed. You know, there's, it's easy for people to play on their phones before going to bed or whatever. And, and soon enough, 45 minutes slips away. And instead of going to bed at, at, you know, 10, 10 o'clock, you went to bed at 10 45 or 11. And, and that, that more than anything can become a habit and, and being able to set the phone down might be um, what that barrier to entry is for you being able to go to bed on time, right? And so another one just for me personally that I, I kind of felt like I wanted to talk about is that um, obviously I like to write and for me there is this minor psychological barrier to entry when when I write where oftentimes, oftentimes when I write I, I, I learn something new about whatever it is I'm writing about and when I do that, it's usually fairly impactful for me, um, for me personally. 
And being able to like commit to that and allowing myself to commit to that can be almost a small barrier to entry in me sitting down to write, right? Like, it's like, do I feel like giving myself fully to, to this right now? Do I feel like giving myself fully to writing right now? Because if I only give half, then whatever I write is going to suck. But, you know, in, in most cases, mo- almost 100% of the time, it doesn't suck because once you start, a lot of the barriers actually disappear, right? A lot of those psychological barriers at least disappear. And so that's just one I found for me in writing. But uh, um, one thing, you know, leading into the next question is, is natural to ask, why is it potentially damaging to leave these these barriers in place, right? Why even bother squashing them? Why, why worry about it? And so if you look at the list that we've made up, you know, up just a moment ago, it's all it's all made up of like objectively good things, right? Like exercise, wanting to exercise, wanting to learn a new instrument, wanting to eat right or eat better, wanting to read more, write more, you know, things like that. These are all typically, typically, you know, fairly objectively good things. And I think that the reason for that, and and they're not, these are not uncommon, you know, these are not uncommon goals. These are not uncommon things that people set goals to work towards, right? And I think that's because innately human beings, um, they want to, they want to involve themselves. We want to involve ourselves in meaningful work, right? Uh, but, but in meaningful work in its very, like in its very nature will use up your energy, right? Like that's, that's the whole purpose of meaningful work is, 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 is it's an exchange. And, perceiving that perceiving that that your energy will be used perceiving that fact may cause you to pause before engaging and under many circumstances it may cause you not to engage altogether right and therein lies why it can't be damaging to leave certain barriers of entry in place if they can be if they if they can be broke right not everything can be not every barrier can be eliminated um and you won't realize it but you might you might miss out on incredibly meaningful payouts if if you leave these barriers in place because you're not optimizing necessarily what, um, how often or how easily you could participate in this thing that you know would be good for you, right? And so, um, you know, like I said, therein lies the, the, the reason why it's damaging to leave it in place is because you're eliminating more opportunities, right? When you leave them in place, you would want to, to, as a human, maximize your opportunities to participate in meaningful work because that's how you gain the most satisfaction out of life. So, you know, one thing that's, that, that does pop up though, is that not all barriers, that not all barriers can be removed. Um, I mean, for example, if you live in a, you know, you live in a small apartment with no on-site gym and you're, you know, you have to drive to the gym and if driving to the gym is a barrier for you, like it, like it was for me, then, then that might be something that you have to just deal with. If you're not willing to have a home gym or you're not willing, or you don't live in a, in a, in a place that really is big enough to do that. And so that might just be something you have to deal with. And so that does happen. But, you know, I will say under many circumstances, when we are cognitively and consciously aware of what it takes to become engaged in whatever X desired activity is, and we use that awareness to remove the road bumps on our way to that activity, like to 
the engagement in that that activity will be more likely to re-engage in the future and our minds and bodies like that they like routine they like habit they like when we have passion for something and we are re-engaging and and becoming better and mastering something right and so it does kind of play into a whole this this micro stuff does kind of actually play into a macro level of how we um how we are both emotionally mentally and physically right and so um the natural next question would be how can we how can we notice you know barriers how can we eliminate them and you know there are probably already barriers to entry in things that you are doing right now whether they are you know psychological or physical barriers when we drive on the road there are so many barriers to entry that in many cases should tell you stop you know don't get in your car don't drive on the road i mean if every time you got in your car you had to watch like a video on how common like car wrecks are how many people die in car wrecks how dangerous driving is how many 90 plus year old people are out driving their cars like you might think twice before getting in your car you know what i mean that might that that might be a little bit of a psychological barrier for you but but you don't you remove that barrier to entry and you just engage um even if you are stressed about that a little bit you tilt you still typically tend to just engage you drive right at some point you weighed the risk and you weighed the alternative and you decided that you know the freedom of movement was a lot better than living in fear of 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 dying while driving a car right well and was this i don't know was this because everyone everyone does that and when it comes to driving or was it because when you that you or maybe it was just because you've driven so many times at this point it just doesn't matter right and it's probably a little bit of both those things but still you know there in this case most people don't really have the barrier there as long as if you're driving there is no barrier i mean there is especially i mean there might be a small barrier but you at least overcome it in a way that's that's frequent enough for you to drive so the key then right is to become consciously aware of what actions are necessary both in the mind and body um, in order to engage in whatever task that you're wanting to engage in, right? You know, you know what things you want to get better at, what activities, hobbies, you know, all that stuff that you want to improve. You know what habits you need to set. Um, you know, if you want to start flossing, right? If that's something that you need to start doing, want to start doing. And the barrier is that you think it, it just takes too much time in the morning or, you know, then, then, then try setting a timer. And then floss at an effective but quick pace and then see see how long it actually takes you. And I tell you, you're going to prove yourself wrong. And I actually know this because I have done that. But <laughs> but for real, like you can – if that's a barrier, see how long it takes you. If, if time is the barrier, time time it and see how long it actually takes you to complete the task. And, and the time that you're dedicating to the task versus what the task is benefiting you, especially when it comes to something like flossing, is, is it's, it's valuable. It, it makes sense. It's, it, it's an equal thing, right? So removing the barriers, and, and this is really, really important. This is a point I really want to make. Removing these barriers is not like a passive, quiet experience from you, right? It cannot happen while you are idle. It cannot happen while you're idle. It can't. You have to actively become aware of what is going on. You have to be a real 
active participant in that process, which to some might be, well, to many, almost everybody at some point will be a barrier of entry in and of itself. It's a barrier of entry in destroying barriers of entry. (laughs) And so, I mean, this can happen, right? How often have you ever thought, uh, I need to be, I need to be a lot better at going to bed on time. I'll get there. Like it'll happen. Don't worry. At some point down the road someday, right? I mean, people say that stuff all the time. I need to do this, but eh, I just, I don't want to worry about it right now. Right. Or I'll get there. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it kind of thinking, right? And it's like the idea of thinking, it's like the idea of thinking about what needs to change to become better is in and of itself enough to make you go, eh, another day. We'll do that another day. And so that's because you know what it takes to engage in, in real and lasting change. And it's sometimes, sometimes a bit of a mountain to climb. And so, um, I'm not saying every time you ever have done that, you're a sinner if you've done it, right? But it's becoming aware of these things and then progressively, progressively, slowly throughout your life, uh, building up and, and, and forming the habit of squashing those barriers, right? So I would be super curious in what you guys think. What, what do you think? I would be very interested in hearing and learning all about what your guys' barriers of entry are, how you deal with them. Um, this is the type of thing where people's experiences are all unique, but they're all very transmutable over to one another's life, right? And sharing the useful ways that you notice and that you supplant these barriers of, of entry in your life is always a good thing, and it can only help other people. So please, if you're interested and you have noticed different barriers in your life um, and you've come up with different ways to squash those barriers – Feel free to share. We do, like I said, I have that Discord. We have a community Discord server. You can go to my website, C. Ashleman, on the bed letter page toward the bottom. There is a link to that. Um, you can also just go to my social medias. You can reply to different. I have usually posts regarding every episode. Also on my website, there's posts regarding every episode. There are plenty. There's a ton of places you can go. So. Uh, I think that's when I'm going to wrap up this episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening. Be sure to follow Bedletter on whatever platform you prefer to listen on. We're all over the place. So remember that you can check out my blog and other projects that I'm working on over at cashleman.com. That's C-A-S-H-L-I-M-A-N.com. I also have the Patreon page like I talked about where I have details on services I offer for editing, tutoring, and mentoring. And then... Um, like I said, most of that's in regards to English and writing, but it is for things like this as well, organizational stuff um, that I think about a lot and try to implement in my life and have been you know, very successful in some ways and, and still working to be better in others. So as I said, all this info, all the stuff I've talked about can be found on my website. Um, and then it'd be awesome if you guys are interested in keeping up with everything that's going on. Uh, you can follow me on social media. That's just at C. Ashleman. Thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it, guys. I hope you have an awesome week and weekend, and uh, I'll see you next time on Bed Letter. 